Welcome to the very first episode of Engineering Talks, the podcast designed to inspire young people to choose a career in engineering. Today, we are joined by our very first guest, Daniel Stockton. Say hello, Daniel. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Um, so Dan is a field service engineer. So today he's going to try and uh, give us a, an understanding of his role, the path that he has taken through his career to get to where he has now. Um, so young people out there who think they might be interested in becoming a field service engineer, traveling the world, um, how they would go about uh, about doing it. So, um, so yeah, Dan, first, first things first, it'd be great just to understand what made you decide that you wanted a career in engineering? Being totally honest, um, when I was leaving school, I didn't know my career path would be an engineer, mm. if that's being completely honest. I thought it'd be something to do with sports, maybe like physiotherapist or sports management or something. Right. But in terms of what got me into engineering and why I'm sat here today, it would be my granddad and my dad. Right. Um, I used to go around my granddad's a lot, um, and he used to repair my bike all the time, punches. I remember the frame snapped once, and he, he welded it up. And I used to just be fascinated the fact that yeah. he could fix anything. And that I thought, you know it. what? Yeah, thought that's you know I want to do that one day. And mm -hmm. then also my dad, uh, my dad around the house when I was growing up through mm -hmm. school, used to always um, show me tips and tricks around decorating, putting pictures up, um, yeah. plumbing, any electrical work. And he always installed into me that you know when I'm older and I've got my own family and my own house that. Uh, you know, the man should be able to kind of do all the jobs in the house, if you like. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because I remember my sister... Such transferable skills. Exactly. My yeah. sister at the time had a, a boyfriend who was a complete opposite. He, he was useless. He couldn't do any... He couldn't even work a drill. Like me that, <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> even work a drill. So, you know, me and my dad would go round and we'd, we, you know, we'd fix things around the house, we'd decorate for. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what? Mm. I don't want to be the man who's got to get another man around to do these kind of jobs. So yeah. I think that's what first got me into engineering and problem solving and yeah. kind of yeah. me, me interest in it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, this is it. And um, I think you've, one thing I've realized is, although it's, I know you say decorating, it could be a man or a woman, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, true. No, um, I think those transferable skills within, that you pick up within life, there was somebody I interviewed recently who, what got her into engineering was, she had an interest in roller coasters. And the more she looked into how they were built, um, she then found the manufacturer and she did a uh, left school and contacted them. And all of a sudden she's doing an apprenticeship and then found that that was a career. But even I think even little things, you know, tinkering with engines and, as you say, decorating, building things, all hints that you might actually like a, a career in engineering. Um, yeah, so that that's that's fantastic. So... So if it's okay, it would be great to go back to your, to, I suppose, when you were, uh, left school, um, and just tell us a bit about, I believe you, you, you're in the Royal Navy as your first, uh, first role. Correct. Yeah. Like I said, when I left school, I didn't, I didn't really want to go down the path of college or university. It wasn't for me. And also I knew from quite a young age, mid, about the middle of school, I think 13, 14, my sister and cousin were actually in the Royal Navy themselves. I remember your thinking, sister and your cousin. my sister and my cousin, right. yeah, we're both in the Navy. I remember, right. you know, we used to get phone calls off my sister and photographs and things. And I thought, wow, you know, she's traveling the world and getting paid for it. I thought, so during school, I kind of had my heart set on joining the Navy. And that's what I did at 18. 
And then the more reluctant the Navy, you, you need to choose what discipline you go into. So engineering, oh, yeah. operations, weapons engineer, uh, you can be on the, the, the boat deck itself doing all that kind of stuff. So mm. obviously with my interest for me, my dad and my granddad, and I enjoyed with the engineering, with the engineering side of it, mm. it kind of fell hand in hand. And that's what I did. I, I joined, the, um, joined the Navy as a Marine engineer. Fantastic. Brilliant. So yeah, so you joined then as a, as a marine engineer. So what was the first? What was the training like? What were the the sort of first year within within the forces like for you? And how did you develop your your engineering skills? Yeah, so the first for the first eight months, you do you do basic training. It's called right um, down in Portsmouth an engineering basic training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you once you complete that, you then get posted onto a ship. So the first ship I joined was HMS Nottingham down in the Falklands, actually flew out there. And then when you get on board, you then do um, what's called a task book. So you'll go, you'll work in like the diesel engine rooms, you'll work on the electrical side, you'll Mm. work on the maintenance side of it, you'll work on the sewage plant side of it. Mm. And you do all the, you you work on, for instance, diesel generators, I'll go there for four months. I'll complete all the tasks associated with that department and they'll get signed off by the chief of engineering, mm. and then you move on to the next. Say it'll be electrical, and then move on to the electrical side of things. I'd oh, complete wow. a task book on that. So, so, so actually, within um, so within your training, because um, just for, for our listeners, um, Dan is actually um, more mechanical bias. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when you can be, obviously, electrical, and then there's multi-skilled. And I, and I know that you have done some electrical, which is what you're... What you're going into a bit now, but so within the within the navy, you're saying that you actually didn't just do mechanical. There were various disciplines, almost general engineering, trying to give you uh, a more grounded feel. Yeah. So for your apprenticeship, the, the navy is basically yeah. an engineering apprenticeship, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you cover both mechanical and electrical aspects. Right. Uh, it's when I left the navy that I, I kind of went into mechanical because of the mm-hmm. roles I did, yeah. and the role I'm doing now is mechanical. But you you can choose both, and you get trained in both. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds um, sounds like a great a great sort of start to start to your career. Fantastic. So, so you travelled a lot then, and that and that's something I take. Not everybody perhaps likes that, but that's something that you were obviously passionate about. Yeah, definitely. That's probably the reason I wanted yeah. to join the navy. You know, I didn't want to go into university or college and get in debt and then you know, be paying off that debt when I've finally got the job that I want yeah. after so many years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was because of my sister and my cousin, I was seeing all these places who were going and I was just amazed by, it. you know, you can get paid, yeah. go and do an apprenticeship whilst getting paid, whilst traveling the world. To me, it was a, it was a, you know, a no-brainer. A no-brainer. Say. Do you know, just quickly, I think that is a really important message that because, yes, you know, you've got college, university, you know, there's some fantastic... Uh, uh, courses and, and it's a great path but in 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 the sort of modern world it seems to be that there just aren't as many apprenticeships perhaps out there or, or hasn't been definitely changing now for the better and uh, it's great to see that you know what a great route if that route following of higher education isn't perhaps quite right for you or at least at that point then um, yeah apprenticeships I really believe are a fantastic route and um the forces are only one of many many options but sounds like one that's um 
suited you at the time. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think apprenticeships are great and I think they're the way forward. Not everybody leaves school and, mm. you know, not everybody enjoys school. I did enjoy school, but everyone's yeah. different. People might not then want to go to college and university because it's more studying, it's more books. People, Some mm. people aren't just that way inclined. So for me, apprenticeships is the best way to learn something. You get in yeah. with a good company at doing an apprenticeship. You start at the very bottom, yes, mm. but you know you will climb the ladder, and then one day you know you'll be you'll be helping the apprentices start and training them yourself. But I, yeah. I generally believe it is a really good way to get trained up within a company. Start at the mm. bottom. I think it's important as well. People can go to university and college and come out with degrees and qualifications, great, but they miss out on a lot of that raw kind of mm. beginning apprenticeship stuff. Even mm. like me, sounds silly, but making the brews and stuff. You, you know, you start. <laughs> somewhere and then one day you'll be telling someone to make the brew so, so he, something he did a lot of, oh lot yeah i made a lot of brews i make a good brew but i think it's important you know every everyone's different not everyone's yeah. that way inclined apprenticeship for me i really would advise it to anyone out there yeah. you start at the bottom Fantastic. and you, you learn off the best people you yeah. learn off people who have vast experiences you know mm. the very basics from the beginning you, you're getting taught that yeah fantastic and i think that's um you know again to the people lit, lit listing out there, it's um, that there are very different routes, and and I don't think you have to. It's not about making some might make a, a decision they know, and that's it. Uh, my brother, to be honest, he always knew it, he wanted to be an engineer since he was a child. He, he, he was just uh, you know, and he, he was so passionate about it. But um, I think doing an apprenticeship or then going into higher education, it's it, you know, into college, then it, it's too great ways to I think for you doing your apprenticeship and a general engineering apprenticeship you can then figure out along the way almost and you might come out of it and think yeah actually maybe I do want to do an electrical focus role or mechanical so um no that's that that's fantastic so you you obviously left the forces um what what made you decide to to come come back into Civvy Street, as they say then. So I always kind of knew in my head that I only ever wanted to do about five years in the Navy, mainly because I yeah. didn't want to... In, in the Navy, you are away a lot. You know, I, I was away at six months at a time and things, away from family, away from friends. But I was a young, right. you know, a young single lad mm. who had no responsibilities. I just mm. knew that in the future, you know, when I've got a family, I didn't want to be that dad that was away for six months at a time, not seeing his kid. That's just how I'm inclined. Yeah. Mm. So in my head, I just wanted to do the apprenticeship, get some, you know, travel the world five years, getting paid, get trained up mm. and then leave. So that was always kind of my plan. Yeah, fantastic. So so what what did... What role did you go into after leaving them? What route did you decide to take from from there? So when I left the Navy, um, I went and worked as a maintenance engineer at a, a food production um, control right. place. So they were doing packaging machines, packaging um, a food item. Right. It's, um, I, I worked alongside an electrical engineer. So I was a mechanical engineer right. and there was an electrical engineer. So both of us were the team, basically, who hmm. reacted to breakdowns of the packaging equipment. Right, fantastic. So I can imagine that sort of reactive um, type of maintenance for somebody that's you know, you've got a good grounding in both. You, you've got this new role and equipment machinery that I'm pretty pretty sure to guess that you wouldn't have encountered in in your time in in the navy. Um, so was that a a great way to then learn that new type of equipment, being in that reactive environment, dealing with breakdowns and having to fix fix the kit and get it going again. 
Yeah, definitely. It was it was really good, really good experience to go. Yeah. Firstly, leaving the forces and then joining, like you said, Civvy Street is is a yeah. a change because that was all I ever did. You know, mm. my first job was a Navy, so five years of that. Mm. Then joining Civvy Street, it all works different, which you have to adapt to. But it was really good experience. It was a very fast paced environment. So obviously Quite these pro- these production lines are running, you know, not twenty four seven, but twelve hours a day. And if one line goes down, mm. you know, you've got the operations manager on your back. They want the machine back up and running. So me and the electrical engineer would have to, you know, think on our feet very fast, get the machine back up and running. Yeah. Yeah. Well there's actually a funny you say that and how important time is in that environment. There's a business we work with a manufacturing company twenty four seven operation and they've got I think 72 production lines producing plastic components. But if those lines go down for, you know, minutes, the impact on the turnover across a year, you know, it's it's significant. It's huge. Yeah, it so, can be it can be thousands of pounds literally in minutes. So yeah. it's it was it was a very good experience because like I say, you have all the managers suddenly the lines down, mm. everyone's kind of looking at you and the other engineer to fix this. So you've yeah. got to really you're under it's pressure. Exciting, yeah. It's exciting, yeah. You could say that is you, you're <laughs> under a lot of pressure, but it does make you, you know, problem solve mm. quite quick. And it was a good right, it was good experience for me. Itself, yeah, yeah. It was. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well well, well that's again sounds like um a, a great role that you to 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 go into coming out of um what you did. So from there, we're, we're, we know you're a field service engineer now, Dan. Um, we're, we're, was that the role that you then took after becoming a maintenance engineer? Was that the next step in your career? Yeah. So when I was a maintenance engineer, uh, I, from the navy, I got the bug for travelling. Um, but that was a bit too much traveling. But I, I also knew that, you know, I didn't want to be in the same place every day, going to work at the same factory. Ah, so that's what you've done. So obviously you were traveling everywhere with, with the forces. You've come out and then you've had a role which, do I assume, it was almost a nine-to-five it was, yeah, Roll, nine to five, Monday travel. to Friday. Yeah, right. okay. I kind of come out the name and it happened quite quick. I literally just applied for it and got the job. So I didn't really, yeah. you know, I just wanted to make that transition quick. But yeah. then I was but there. There's a, there's a big demand for engineers out there, isn't it? And this is one thing people, we want young people to realise that it's, uh, there is a very big demand for engineers out there and uh, across the board. So it doesn't surprise me that you, that you found the role pretty much straight away. Yeah, I think with with having the forces background, companies love you because you're not right. just an engineer. They know your your timekeeping's brilliant. You know your presentations well. Yeah. You know you've been in the forces and been trained to that level. Yeah. So you you do. When I went in the forces at eighteen, I I wouldn't say I was a man, but after my basic training six months later, I right. generally think I become one because you're leaving home. Yeah. You know you Fantastic. have to do everything on your own two feet. You know you're washing your clothes, you're getting your kit prepped. You you know you have to be on time five minutes before. Yeah. It changes you as a person, and employers love that. If you say you're in the forces, I guarantee you have an advantage over someone with just the same qualifications as yourself. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So Dan, you you obviously you, you're in the forces. Great, that suited you. That suited you at the time. Um, I think one of many great forms of apprenticeship that, that is available to young people um, out there at the moment. Um, became a maintenance engineer. Went from that travel to being on site five days a week, and it sounds like you you missed that travel, and, and this is where you became a uh, an international field service engineer. So can you just quickly tell us what that means as a role? Yeah, so like I said, so yeah, I was based, I was a maintenance engineer having left yeah. the Navy uh, and I soon, you know, missed that travel. But mm-hmm. obviously the Navy was too much travel. 
Um, so I needed to get the balance really. So right. when I started, you know, just searching on the, the normal job sites and things, you know, I come across the field service engineer role, mm. uh, and that in, the, I'm now a field service engineer. So Monday to Friday, I can be away away every week. Um, but I do you do get your weekends at home. Don't get me wrong, there's some weekends where yeah. you have to work, or well, not not have to work, but you get asked to work. You get overtime and everything, so mm -hmm. that's fine. Uh, the role I do now, so. Yeah, the company I work for, we supply industrial screening equipment all over the world. Wow. Uh, we do we do different industries, so we do food, salt, urea, plastic pellets. So we a wide variety. Wow. Um, and the main territories I cover are UK. So I do a lot of work around obviously England and Ireland, mm -hmm. um, Middle East. So I've been all over the Middle East right. and Europe. So they're my main three territories. But again, I can go further afield than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we have we have got offices in obviously England, uh, mm -hmm. China, Bulgaria, and America. So we kind of out of them four places, you know, we have engineers situated. So yeah. it's kind of whoever's diary is looking, you know, if I'm away somewhere and someone has to come over to England, then so be it. Yeah, yeah. You, you were saying earlier that in Europe, some of the places was it Barcelona and uh, Israel. Yeah, I've been Amongst to Israel. I've been to Barcelona. Yeah, I've been. I've been all over the world: Saudi Arabia, to Dubai, to America. Wow. I've been all over France, Germany, Spain, Italy. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of work all over Ireland. Right. So you would. Um, so your job then. So, so this company that you work for, they they physically design a machine. Uh, they manufacture it, uh, and then you, you essentially, if some somebody, let's say in Europe, has put the put that order with with you guys, you've got to get the machine out there and and essentially install it and service it and get it going. So, where would you almost start? Where would you come into the picture in this process then? So yeah, so exactly what you just said. So my mm. job, I do commissioning, warranty, service, and maintenance work. So right. like you said, if a customer puts an order in, they'll get the machine delivered at um, their premises. Right. They install the machine with their own contractors. But what then I will do as part of commissioning, I will go over to wherever it may be. Um, I will check the install of the machine is correct. So we have checklists that we, wow, okay. you know, we check everything's taught correctly, alignment, all these checks I do. Yeah. And then I'll then run the machine to make sure that the machine's running and functioning as per the contract. Uh, and that's what they call commissioning, is it? That's commissioning. Is that right, right. Yeah. So, so you're essentially to, to commission it, you, you've got to make sure it works. And I think... Exactly. The machine's got to work as it should, be installed mm. as it should. Yeah. Um, a lot of things do go wrong. A lot of things aren't right, but we're there to then, you know, point the customer, get these rectified before we run the machine correctly. Fantastic. That's exciting. So uh, I, I, would that be your time out there? I can, is it, do, you, do you spend all your time on site or do you get to go and you get a bit of free time over there it's as well? A, it's a good question because one of the things, obviously, a lot of my friends always think, because, you know, sometimes I'll put stuff on Instagram, like I could be in um, I could be in Barcelona, like you said. I was yeah, in Barcelona yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, it's not all fun and games. A lot of it is travel, hotels, and yeah. site. You know, you, you are there to do a job at the end of the day. Yeah. But that being said, you know, you do your normal working day. So, for instance, the Barcelona job, I'd finish at work at half past four. I'd get okay. back to my hotel, I'd get changed, and, and I like to go and explore. I think yeah, yeah. you need to make the most of it. You'll, some engineers will just go back to the hotel, get some food, and you know just sit and watch Netflix. Yeah, but yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> I like to make the most of wherever I am. So, yeah, you do get downtime as well. Yeah, fantastic. And depending on flight times, you might get the job finished a little bit earlier. You know, you could end up having a day somewhere because your flight's the next day. It's yeah. perk, you know, perks of the job, but 
don't get me wrong, there's some jobs where it goes wrong and you're on site for 12 hours a day yeah. and you, all you see of the country is the hotel yeah. and the airport. Yeah. So swings, swings and roundabouts, definitely, but more positives. Yeah, well, that sounds uh, fantastic. As uh, uh, I mean, as jobs go, I think that not everybody gets to travel the world. As you say, it's at the end of the day, it's a job, but you know, I can imagine the training that you get and the responsibility and the autonomy and freedom. Um, is excellent. Um, we, we were talking earlier, Dan, and you were actually saying you've, you've just had a young family twins, I believe. Yep, boy and a girl. And um, so you, you're actually going to transition in terms of your your role because that at this point in your career doesn't, as a role, perhaps quite suit your work-life balance. So I believe you're now, the company you're with, have, have uh, sort of kindly offered to a role where you'll be site-based again now. Is that right? Correct, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I told the company, obviously, uh, just had, you know, baby twins, yeah. um, and they completely understand, you know. Yeah, thank you very much. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be away, you know, all the time anymore. Um, so, yeah, I've now been offered the manufacturing supervisor job in the workshop. So Fantastic. I'm now going to, all the machines that we build that come through the workshop that we assemble, yeah. I'm now supervising that, and I'll plan all the, the work times, the workload, the personnel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, again, that's from the experience have got being a field service engineer i know the machines inside out i've seen firsthand mm. on site you know the problems they have how they're assembled etc so yeah now taking all that what i know the knowledge into the yeah. workshop now. and i think that's a great way to almost great point perhaps to summarize is when people think about their career and what they want to do it's quite a daunting feeling isn't it you know because you're looking at this real all this time ahead of you when you're at that point in your life Whereas, whereas actually, I think someone always told me with problems in, in, in my job, just you know, day by day, step by step, and actually there we've just got a real great, uh, although a, a, a small overview of your, of your career, it's school, you've got into the Navy, that suited you at the time in terms of an apprenticeship, you've come out maintenance engineer, you know, you, your experience to them allowed you to do that, field service engineer, again, uh, now manufacturing supervisor. So you're taking your experience from each step in your career and you're taking that set step forward. Um, and I think that's perhaps one way for our young listeners to think about this. And this is why we want to sh show as many people as we can the path you take and the steps that you take. Um, so hopefully it's not quite as daunting uh, as people think. Fantastic. Well, I think at this point, Dan, we, 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 we'd like to end this interview really by saying what advice have you got to somebody who's potentially considering a, a job within engineering but people that don't know as well you know this this is to try and inspire people to realize what careers and jobs available that, that there are within engineering and for me i think it's so exciting the things that you've done yeah you know it's not it's not a boring career path, is it, at all? So No, definitely not. I think, like I was touched on before, I think, you know, at 16 when you're leaving school, it is yeah. a tough, you know, a tough ask to ask a young person, yeah. right, what do you now want to do with your career? You know, what university are you going to do? What are you going to study? Because that's yeah. going to be the career for the rest of your life. That's not how it pans out. You know, someone no. could switch over to an engineer at mid-30s, 40s, 50s and do an apprenticeship. It can yeah. happen, you yeah. know. This is it. It's I know true. people who have done that. So, you know, mm. I'd definitely say don't get too 
beaten up by yourself if you don't know don't the, overthink it yeah don't, don't overthink don't, don't it don't put too much, too much pressure on yourself exactly and then i'd also say you know i do because rec- i have done the apprenticeship myself mm-hmm. that route i would recommend the apprenticeship route mm-hmm. um i think it's a good way to get into a company i think especially Fantastic. you know if you get into a good company doing an apprenticeship and you work hard and you stay loyal to that company i think mm-hmm. they'll stay loyal to you it'll also open paths you know in within that company that you might not have thought of you might do engineering but then you might go to project management or you might go to the drawing office you know i'll just say work hard and you can do anything you want really fantastic i must admit that is uh i, I think that's um i'm not just saying this because you sat in front of me dan but i think that's been a, an inspiring interview really and hopefully it it it's given people out there uh, a real feel for one career path you can take and um as this um, series, Engineering Talks, progresses, we will uh, m- meet many other people like Dan in different disciplines uh, who perhaps have gone to university and what that looks like or, or different, you know, uh, different uh, um, routes with, within that and different types of apprenticeships. So, Dan, thank you very much for that. It's, um, I've no doubt that will inspire many young people to consider the path that you've taken um, within, within engineering. So, thank you. No, thanks a lot, James. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Great stuff. So uh, please join us again next week. We are interviewing somebody of a different discipline, a mechanical design engineer. So please join us if you're interested in understanding what that path may look like, and, uh, and we'll see you then.